Welcome to the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, joined today with our review journal, Raiders beat writer, Michael Gelkin, who's joining us from Atlanta, Super Bowl 53. We've got Rams, we've got Patriots. Michael, what is shaking down and around the Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the Patriots will face the Rams this Sunday? Yeah, it's been it's been good. It was a little odd on Tuesday, I believe. The region was anticipating some snow, apparently. I say apparently because I looked at the forecast the day before and it called for less than an inch of snow. But despite what you would think to be a pretty mild weather situation, the city canceled school and so a lot of people didn't go to the office. And by you know noon, I mean, no snow had come. Uh, no clouds in the sky. It just seemed like a normal day, but the whole city was shut down. So uh, that was a little interesting. But over the course of the week, Super Bowl festivities have picked up. You had Ludacris performing in his hometown of Atlanta on Thursday evening, and uh, Lil John and Sierra, and it was just uh, you know you're starting to see some of the star power come into the city, which is typical as Sunday nears. And this, again, happening in Atlanta, Super Bowl 53. Uh, we have a lot of prop bets here in Las Vegas, Michael, that are surrounding the Super Bowl, as you would imagine. There's over a 1,000 put down at the Westgate. And uh, some of them are pretty interesting to me. But I think a lot of the listeners here for the Vegas Nation podcast would be most interested in just the straight numbers of this game. Where do you think the, the bets will come in? It seems like a lot of people right now are going with the Rams. Have you got any feeling out there about what the fans think about who's going to win this game? I haven't really done the, you know, scene from the streets who y'all think it's going to win. I mean, people who are here who are fans are going to be incredibly biased, I think. You know, if you're paying thousands of dollars to watch the, your favorite team, say the Patriots, and I ask you, who do you think is going to win? I say, you know, I don't, I don't expect to hear back. You know, I think Jared Goff's going to be a real test for us. Uh, I think the Rams are going to get this one, but go Patriots. Uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of hard to get that uh, over here. But, um, you know, I know I haven't thought at all about Vegas lines or, you know, spread, you know, anything along those lines. But I, I do think the, the Patriots are, are going to be pretty tough out here for Los Angeles. I do as well, and I have to wonder if any of that is just from my perspective, coming from what I've seen out of Todd Gurley, you know that Bill Belichick, the way his mind is, he sees a weakness and he will definitely shut it down and make your life miserable on the field. So I just think that if Todd Gurley really isn't 100% healthy, that that's going to cause a lot of problems for the Rams and for Jared Goff uh, when he becomes, I guess, more one-dimensional, if you will, without the running game or if that is something that gets taken away during this game. Uh, Overall, what are your thoughts on the game, Michael? Uh, I do think the running game for the Rams will be a critical element. Um, you know, Todd Gurley has been a full participant in practice this week, and it sounds like his role in the playoffs was dictated as much by C.J. Anderson as it was necessarily about his health, although I'm sure that his knee played some factor into it. I think we are uh, right to kind of keep an eye on his medical situation going into this game, but I kind of have a feeling that Gurley's going to show up and that although we've seen in January – the rise, if you will, of C.J. Anderson, who was with the Raiders for about a week in December. Uh, We've seen Anderson really help carry the Rams here. I think Todd Gurley, with the two weeks rest, 
is going to be a big part of this thing for LA. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, but, but I think they really need that Rams running game to be all that we've seen it be certainly earlier in the season when Gurley was going uh, because Jared Goff in the past several weeks really has not been productive. I mean, you look over his past handful of games and he's completing less than 60% of his passes. He has seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, just nothing there that really says this is the same guy who was lighting up the Kansas City Chiefs in November. And I think part of the reason is the lack of Cooper Cup. You know, he exited, uh, you know, for the season. He, he had torn ACL uh, the week before that Kansas City Chiefs wild game in L.A. that the Rams were able to squeak by. But despite Goff having a huge game that week, I think the loss of Cooper Cup was felt over the remaining portion of the season. And so I think the lack of his presence uh, could be felt, certainly if the Rams don't have the Russian attack that they seek. And on the flip side, the Patriots right now seem to have everything clicking. In fact, yesterday, Adam Hill and I spoke with UFC President Dana White. He is a New England native, and uh, we uh, asked him about the Super Bowl. Who's and... you predicting to win? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In fact, here's what he had to say on that. I'm just telling you, man, he is fired up, and he is ready for war, baby. I can't wait. No, but he's not going to win 10 Super Bowls. He's going to win nine total, and then he, he can walk away after nine. Wait. You know, and when he gets nine, maybe he wants to stick around for ten. So obviously, Dana White thinks that Tom Brady is going to have a lengthy career where others think that he could be uh, here in the twilight of his career, <laughs> that things could be coming to in sometime in the near future. But uh, I, I don't think that this is the one that the Patriots lose. Uh, again, I talked about the bets in the beginning. Rams getting two and a half points and uh, the total points right now at 57 and a half. I think at this game, we're going to see that overhit. And I'm thinking that the Patriots will actually beat the Rams and that it will probably come out to be one of those high scoring affairs where we see the Patriots keep this putting the score up higher and higher. But I don't know, not to say that the Rams aren't competitive, but that's just the way I see this game going. Uh, Michael, what do you think about the game overall? I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I, I really think it's on the Rams to hang around. If this thing goes into the second half and the Patriots take a two score lead, you know, I, I think the Rams aren't necessarily built as well to come back from that. I, I think, uh, the Patriots, meanwhile, should they fall back, they're more built to, to come back. And so um, for me, it's, can the Rams keep it close? Can they keep their run game in the flow of the contest, you know, not having to play from behind? And then uh, cause they, they just like the dynamism out of the backfield that, say, the New England Patriots have with, you know, James White in, in, in you know, what he, what he can do. And then Julian Edelman, I think, is a real difference maker for me when I look at this game. He's just so good at separating – uh, he can, uh, you know, get open in that short to intermediate part of the field, which when you're facing an Aaron Donald and a pass rush that the uh, the Rams can bring, it really helps having somebody who knows how to get open um, quickly. And so, uh, to me, I think the Patriots have some pretty key weapons to counteract what the Rams do best. And so, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be a good game. And I, I don't... Uh, I usually try not to pick the Patriots just because I think it's so easy to do. You know, <laughs> last year I picked the Eagles because you kind of kind of see it. You kind of see why. You know, see, you know how it can. You know how the game could play out. 
And for me, last year it was the Eagles' defensive line. Um, you know, you know, in a shootout type of thing. You know, they could be a difference maker. And, and this year, uh, you know, if, if you can control Aaron Donald, um, which is not easy to do, but it has been done before this season. Uh, you you can you can put up some points here on this on this Rams defense, but the Rams secondary is is healthy. Which uh, not to talk in circles too much, but uh, if if the Rams defense is going to you know keep the the, the minute, I think it's got to be the secondary and less the D line uh, that we'll be talking about afterward. Well, let's get into some of the news that is happening coming out of this Super Bowl week. The commissioner, Roger Goodell, addressed the media Wednesday in his annual Super Bowl news conference. We heard him talk a little bit about the Raiders, and he was saying how unfortunate this situation is in Oakland, that the Raiders are still searching for where they are going to play next season. Michael, what did the commissioner say, and has there been anything new that we can update about the Raiders finally maybe coming to narrowing down an idea of where they're going to play in 2019. Yeah, Goodell was certainly, you know, if he had his way and if the Raiders had their way, this situation as to where the Raiders are playing in 2019 for their home games would have been resolved by now. Nobody is happy that it's early February and the game is about to be played on Sunday. And as we sit here chatting, there is no clarity as to where the Raiders will be. Uh, although we do know they'll play one home game in London against the Chicago Bears, the other part of the seven-game regular season schedule remains very much up in the air. And so uh, Goodell, you know, he said that he was disappointed that the city of Oakland filed its federal antitrust lawsuit against the NFL and all 32 of its clubs on December 11th. Uh, that really was the game changer where the Raiders pulled their $7.5 million offer to play at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum in 2019, a lease extension, uh, that extension offer was taken from the table. And so uh, since then, the Raiders have been looking far and near, but mostly near as to where they will play these games. I would expect, and I think Goodell somewhat affirmed this expectation, that the Raiders will play in the Bay Area in 2019. He said it is owner Mark Davis's hope to do so now we knew a bit that that was his hope but that he, it's here so late in the game and, and that hope has you know it re- remains uh, is of note um ultimately a decision is going to come it's going to come soon sometime in february uh, would be cer- certainly the expectation the sooner the better roger goodell said in his news conference because in mid-april the nfl plans to unveil its 2019 regular season schedule and it sure helps to know where one of your members clubs is going to be. And I'm sure for the players and the Raiders organization, having that settled would definitely put a lot of the players' minds at ease. I'm sure that some of them, and not that everyone's experiencing deep anxiety over it, but I'm sure that it would help just their mindset just to focus on, okay, we've got a place to play. Now we can just focus on preparation and what we're going to do next season as opposed to where are we going to play? <laughs> I'm sure that's right. like not it, making their minds a little bit weary, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, infamous, oh, real quickly, in from a sales side in the organization, you know, they have season tickets that you're trying to sell and it's, it's hard to sell when you don't know what city you're going to be in. And so uh, everything is, is delayed. I do think the Raiders players do take some you know measure of you know relief you know it kind of quiets their minds a little bit in that they believe that they or even know that they will be based in alameda 
uh, in terms of their team's headquarters. It's where they'll be practicing. So even if they aren't sure, are they going to be at Oracle Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants in San Francisco, uh, formerly AT&T Park? Will they be at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara? Will they be at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum? If, if they believe that they're going to be in the Bay Area, and although they don't know until they know, um, but they, they believe they're going to be in the Bay Area. At worst, for practices, that means they're not going to have to relocate their families, which is probably where the biggest stressor would come from. Absolutely. Uh, we also have uh, something else looming from Super Bowl week with uh, the NFLPA, the player union. It seems that we could be looking at another work stoppage in the second season that the Raiders would be here in Las Vegas, 2021. Uh, that's when the collective bargaining agreement expires and they're going to have to develop a new one. Does it seem likely right now, Michael, that there will be a work stoppage? I think so. I think that's probably been the sense since the last CBA was agreed upon in 2011. You saw the players not really get what was viewed to be a favorable deal. Uh, many felt that the NFL owners got the best of them. And really since then, there's been this sense around the league that the NFL players are going to brace themselves for a longer work stoppage where they're not going to necessarily cave, but certainly maybe hold their ground a little bit longer for some of the core issues that are important to them. And so that leads us to something that I think everyone should just keep in mind. Part of the reason I wanted to write this story was just so that it's on the back of everyone's mind that 2020, the Raiders are set to arrive in Las Vegas. But just keep an eye on what happens the next year because this CBA, you know, it's bigger than the Las Vegas Raiders. This is about retirement. It's about money in terms of what, sort of revenue is being shared with players and, and contract aspects. I mean, there, there's a lot here that could impact the 2021 seasons for all 32 teams, so for every, for all 30 markets. And so uh, we're going to see what it all means. But you look at what the NFLPA is, is doing. They have a war, a war budget, a, a, a war bank, where uh, a war chest, that's the, that's the phrase I'm looking for, a war chest of hundreds of millions of dollars that they've cultivated in over the years uh, to help brace for such situations. They uh, recently, it was a couple of years ago, uh, the NFL player uh, board of representatives. And so each member, each, each team has one vo- voted representative in, in the locker room who votes on various NFLPA union issues and so for the Raiders tight end Lee Smith is currently their NFLPA union representative and so all 32 union reps got together and voted on the decision that is now in place where for the 2018 19 and 20 seasons royalty checks that players stand to receive for their names and likenesses being used in the Madden NFL video game series for those three years, they're not going to get those checks right away. The NFLPA is going to keep them. And then when 2021 arrives and should a lockout or strike or whatever sort of work stoppage come with it, those funds for Madden royalties would then be available to players to give them some sort of a revenue stream in the case of a work stoppage. So they're not so they're going to be able to hold out a little bit longer uh, for the right deal for the NFL 
and his player for NFL players. Um, so that's kind of where we are, uh, where it's a war as NFL PA executive director Demarice Smith says, you know, it's a war that they hope not to have, but it's a war they need to prepare for nonetheless. And that's what the PA is doing. And last time that they did have this lockout, it lasted close to five months, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Correct. It delayed the start of free agency. It didn't end up costing the league any games except for the the Hall of Fame preseason game in Canton, Ohio each year. Uh, that was off the schedule, but it impacted free agency. It impacted off-season workouts where guys, you know, sp- certainly rookies, they weren't able to be at their team facility throughout the entirety of the spring. And so, you know, those nine-week off-season workout programs, OTAs, minicamp, none of that happened that year. Well, we will look forward to the 2019 season. Unfortunately, sometimes these things have to work themselves out. What they need to be able to have a, a long and healthy life because everybody goes, oh, the, the NFL players, they make so much money. But you have to think they have such a short span of time that they are playing and paid. And it's important that they are paid what they're worth while they are at their peak. But, uh, Michael, this coming season in 2019, the Raiders, they have a few draft picks here in the first round, the fourth, 24th, and 27th pick. And then the second round, they'll have the 35th pick. And you attended the Senior Bowl just ahead of heading to the Super Bowl. And there we saw Gruden and his staff coach the North team. And the Raiders had this incentive system where they were handing out stickers um, to players for great achievements earned. And it seemed to kind of speak to a lot of the players there. Uh, Did you get the sense, first of all, that there were any players that the Raiders were really eyeing on this North team uh, that maybe were getting some more stickers than others? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're definitely some favorites for the Raiders staff, not only on the North team that they coached, but even the South team against which they were competing. Uh, They were impressed with what they saw. You know, they were able to really move up some guys in their draft board, coaches building relationships with players, players building relationships with coaches. And I talked to the Kansas City State offensive tackle, thinking he was saying, you know, what what a great opportunity. He hopes it happens where he would actually be able to play for the Raiders coaches. He felt that sort of attachment to John Gruden, to Tom Cable, the offensive line coach, and to others in the staff. And but my sense, I sense that it was mutual. So. Uh, we'll see whether or not these uh, scouting, you know, just uh, you know, impressions are able to materialize into the April 25th to 7th draft you know, as it relates to actually selecting some of these players. I think you can pretty confidently say that the Raiders are going to draft at least one player, probably multiple players that were part of the Senior Bowl this year. And so there no doubt were some future Raiders in Mobile, Alabama. And interestingly, a lot of them looked like future Raiders by the end of the game. You mentioned the stickers given out. And so the Raiders had these fairly large, you know, about what you'd see on a helmet, like the actual helmet Raiders logo sticker. They had them on the sideline. John Gruden, who didn't call plays really this game, he had them in his pocket. Uh, Greg Olson was the one calling plays. Meanwhile, defensive coordinator Paul Gunther and special teams coordinator Rich Bisaccia had these stickers too. And so over the course of the action, if a guy made a play, the, a sticker would come. And so you had Andy Isabella, a wide receiver from Massachusetts. He had his share of stickers, and he finished with two. There was a safety the Ra- Raiders really liked, Nasir Adderley out of Delaware. He ended up having three, which was the most on the team. 
he entered the game with one because he was one of the three captains that Raiders coaches chose. And then over the course of the game, again, he earned two more, including on a fourth quarter interception that essentially sealed the game for the North. And so, again, this was a valuable opportunity for the Raiders to scout these players. But I think they really embraced what opportunity it was to to build that relationship with these guys so that. Not only are they hoping they get drafted, or some are hoping to get drafted by the Raiders, but should they not get drafted by any team and they have their choice as undrafted rookie for agents on where they want to sign, they will choose perhaps a greater chance now, the Raiders. Likewise, when these guys, say, are free agents in three, four, five years, whatever it may be, they will remember John Gruden, assuming he's still the Raiders coach. They will remember him. And they will decide, you know what, I want to play for that guy. One week in Alabama was not enough. You mentioned Nadir, uh, at, excuse me, you mentioned Nazir Adderley, and I believe that you wrote that he left the Senior Bowl and head to toe Raiders garb. So I think, do you think that that's any indication that he may be somebody that they try to target in the first round? Well, here's what I know. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete, a you know, whoever you are, a journalist, or, you know, a millionaire or not, you love free things. You love free stuff. <laughs> and the Raiders made sure they gave their guys a lot of free gear this past couple weeks, I suppose, at, at the Senior Bowl, where you had, um, you know, hats being given, Raiders hats to players in the first team meeting. You had Raiders T-shirts being given away. Uh, you credit the Raiders equipment staff. John Gruden had the idea of kind of similar to what guys might get at the Pro Bowl. It's like a, a sweatshirt um, that looks like a jersey. And so it's got a player's number on the back. It's got a Raiders logo on it. It's got in silver and black, you know, this, the, the number, I mean, pardon me, the number, like the nameplate and the last name over the number on the back of the shirt. And so he had the equipment staff in about a week's span prepare all of these jerseys, take into account that the roster changes. Guys are being removed, guys are being added onto the North roster. And yet, uh, they were all able to get a very personalized shirt that they could wear during a Friday walkthrough inside the convention center, uh, indoor walkthrough that they had. And so uh, pretty pretty neat just to see the lengths to which the Raiders were willing to go to make guys feel like they were Raiders already, kind of planting that seed in their minds that, yeah, being a Raider is, is pretty cool, it's pretty fun, and one day maybe this could be you. Well, that'll do it for us here today. We're going to go ahead and bring you a full preview show on the draft once it gets a little bit closer. So you're going to want to make sure that you subscribe to this Vegas Nation podcast on Apple Podcasts. And Michael, before we let you go, do you have a final score prediction for the Super Bowl Rams versus Patriots? I'm going to I'm going to lean, lean toward the Patriots. I'm going to pick the Patriots. Um, I haven't thought of the score. Let's say uh, 27 to 20 Patriots over Rams. All right. I'm going to also go with the Patriots. And because I already said it on another radio show uh, that I did this week, I had this crazy high score. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go 41 to 34. That's crazy. (laughs) I know. So there you have it. Again, uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and uh, check out Michael and I both on Twitter at GilkinNFL and at Heidi Fang. That'll do it for today. Thank you for listening. It's nine. Maybe he wants to stick around for ten.